Welcome to Talkin' Talkies. Man, he went old school right off the bat this week. This is Talkin' Talkies, where they talk talkies. And here are your hosts, Dan and Chris. We should hire Billy McGuire, old-timey radio announcer, to just be the official Talkin' Talkies mascot. Uh, I, I think he's been unofficial and unhired, which is probably uh, the way it's going to stay. Wait, if he's unhired, does that mean that he's, he's like was a hired and now he's, he's fired? He's a volunteer, but like, uh, he's like an unofficial volunteer. He just he like ran in here and just yelled that and then ran away. It was kind of weird. Man, that other show that we do. Club Kayfabe, the wrestling podcast, has way too many people running in and out of the studio. So many so, run-ins and swerves. Yes, so we need to prevent that from happening here in the Talk and Talkie studio, which is like calm, relaxed, and full of film memorabilia. I don't mind if if Billy comes in and does that for five seconds and then leaves. Yeah, as long as that's all he does. <laughs> if he starts making racist comments or trying to freeze everything, then you might have an issue. Racist Billy McGuire. Speaking of racist... Let's talk about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes, this week's film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which was uh, a movie we were going to hit soon, but we got an official request from from uh, Matt Anderson, so yes, did it. Um, Yes, this was a movie that was on both of our hit lists. Um, I had never seen it. I wasn't sure if you had ever seen it, Dan. Uh, I have it on DVD, sir. Ah. So, that would be a yes. Um, so this was uh, this was cool that it was like a hit list movie that became a request and that you know what that made it easy for this week. Yeah. Um, and uh, because Matt Anderson did ask this, I will answer this. Yes, we do still have some room for requests in our 2015 calendar, although the like, second half of the year is like very full. But and we're hitting the second half of the year uh, in like three weeks. <laughs> we're already planning stuff for 2016 too. Yes, we already have like. Two and a half months filled for next yeah. year. Well, this podcast isn't going anywhere, though. I mean, it's it's you know thirty minutes a week. We it's watch a, a movie podcast. every week. Yeah, it's free. You know, it's not we're not going anywhere. We're having too much fun with this. So, so oh brother, where art thou? The Coen Brothers film. Yes, released on Christmas yes. Day in select theaters of two thousand. Yes, but had um, wide release in early 2000. I, as soon as I saw Coen Brothers, I'm like, oh, I know I'm gonna like this. Okay, so the year is 1937. And our three main characters are Ulysses Everett McGill, that would be George Clooney, uh, Pete Hogwallop, that would be John Turturro, and Delmar O'Donnell, Tim Blake Nelson. And uh, they're on a chain game down in Mississippi, and they escape. They escape. They They run off to the Big Rock Candy Mountain. (laughs) Yep. And Everett claims that he stole, what was it like? $1.2 million. $1.2 million, that's right. In an armored car heist, and he buried it Yep. On, on at the family, uh, the family, the family. cabin. But, yep. that ca- but, that, but the area that it is is going to get flooded for a hydroelectric plant in like four days. Like, yeah, like four days. Four days. So we got to get there. So I like. So the first thing they try to do is they try to jump on a moving train, and uh, <laughs> Everett makes it. While uh, Delmar's kind of struggling, he sees all the hobos, and he has he's like asking them questions. Are, are any you fellows of the uh, Smithy persuasion? 
he had to break the chains. And then Pete just trips and just drags them all out of the train. Again, we didn't mention this yet, but this is the Coen Brothers' take on the Odyssey. By whom? Yeah, somebody somebody did ask us if that's all we were going to talk about. No, it's not all we're going to talk about. But there are the we'll, we'll get the to the connections for the trivia. Yeah, it's about a guy trying to get back home. Yeah, pretty much. It's exactly what it is. Did you ever read the Odyssey? Did I ever Dan? read it? No. Do did you ever I, like see the I, movie or anything? No, I haven't seen any movies. But I know all the highlights, so I knew most of the things when it came up in this. When it comes up, yeah, in yeah. Um, so of course the first the first connection here is the uh, the the blind seer that they meet. It's a uh, a blind colored fellow operating a hand car, and they hitch a ride, and he starts telling them their futures. He's like, "You're gonna seek a great fortune. You'll find it, but not the fortune you." <laughs> you were like, not oh, bless-, bless you, sir. Ah. Thank you. Yeah, it's not going to be the one that you are seeking. And then there will be, I love how he's like, and there will be a cow on the roof of a house. Yeah, cow on a roof. Okay. It's cow roof. Um, so they uh, they go and they meet up with Pete's cousin, Wash. <laughs> and he's t- he takes their chains off and everything, but... Because he needs money for the bounty, he just turns them over to the police while they're sleeping in the barn. Miss Hogwallop done R U N N O F T. The the accents in this movie are just terrific. He did a great job. Absolutely terrific. <laughs> um. So they they do escape the authorities with uh. <laughs> As they're burning down the barn, the little kid, he drives the car through the gate. I'm going to R-U-N-N-O-F-T. <laughs> so after they escape, they come across this congregation in the river. Um, it's this uh, this priest, and he's um, rebaptizing all these people in the water. And Delmar and Pete just jump right into that. And Everett's like, uh, no. But as soon as that happens, they think that now that they're saved, that they're going to get pardoned. But we're not bad men anymore. We done got saved. Not the state of Mississippi. One of my favorite parts is in, in when they're in the top of the barn, it's getting burned down. And all Everett says the entire time is, dang, we're in a tight spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He does just keep repeating that over and over again. <laughs> well, they end up uh, meeting a young guitarist named Tommy Johnson. And when they're like, so why were you in the crossroads in the middle of nowhere? He says he sold his soul to the devil in exchange for the ability to play the guitar. And Tommy describes the devil as being white, as white as you folks. With empty eyes and a big hollow voice, big, he loves to travel hound, around. A hound, that is you know, hound. Yeah, yeah, and that's the um, the reference to the sheriff that's chasing them with his hound dog. Yep, and then every time you see him, there's always flames in in his sunglasses. Yep, and you never do see his eyes because he's always wearing his sunglasses. Now they come across this radio station, run w- by W E Z Y. 
<laughs> run by Milton. Yep, Stephen Root. <laughs> Stephen Root. Or uh, or Bill from King of the Hill, if you want to go that route. Yep. Uh, Stephen, Stephen Root has the same birthday as me. Not the same year, however. I have, like, Don Johnson and uh, Tim Conway. That's actually pretty good. I have Danny DeVito. That's pretty good. And Martin Scorsese. There you go. Those are pretty good. I also have Lorne Michaels, who sounds like Dr. Evil. But uh, here at the radio station, and of course he's also a blind man, they record the song The Man of Constant Sorrow, calling themselves the Soggy Bottom Boys. Because they because they had just they were, their butts were still wet from the <laughs> baptism. Yep. <laughs> and their song ends up becoming a hit. Oh, they they get the they con the guy out by saying that there's two other members of the band but they can't write. They don't know how to write, so they have to sign X's. <laughs> uh, well, Tommy parts way with them. The police discover their car. Oh, shit, that was the best part, because it tells you that that guy is really, is really the devil, because they they stumble upon a barn that they were going to stay in, but they don't stay in the barn. They just stay out by their fire, right? And as soon as they see the police are there and they're going to burn out in the barn... Tommy just takes off because the devil's there. <laughs> and you never even see it happen because when, when he turns over, what happened to Tommy? And then Pete's like, he gone. He gone. <laughs> also meet notable bank robber George Babyface Nelson. No, it's not Babyface. No, it's not Babyface. He gets all offended with that. And one of my favorite lines is in there as well. Is, oh, George, not the livestock. Because <laughs> he's taunting the cops because he's still too far ahead of them. And he's like, fuck you, cows. So he just starts shooting the cows. Which, and then like, there's no like, sell it. <laughs> that there was like a big disclaimer at the end of the movie that all acts of animal violence were simulated. Just in case you were wondering if somebody just pumped a Tommy gun into a bunch of cows. Yeah. <laughs> oh god oh george Not yep livestock they also have a run-in with the sirens because hey this is the odyssey so there have to be the sirens which they even call sirens yep. and then they think that pete got turned into a toad when in fact he actually got he was a toad yeah but didn't he he actually got arrested again yeah they turned him in for the for the bounty I thought you was a toad. And then, of course, the devil shows up and, like, interrogates him and he tells him everything. Yep. And then they, of course, they meet their uh, most telling encounter with the Cyclops, which is actually a one-eyed Bible salesman named Big Dan. Big Dan Teague. And this is John Goodman, which is awesome. He's like, he's like, I'm going to teach you boys how to how to sell. Let's go out to lunch. And then he robs them, beats the shit out of them, and then crushes Pete. But it's not actually Pete. But he crushed Pete. And now comes the uh, next part of the Odyssey tale. This, of course, is... Um, in the, in the actual story, when Odysseus comes back, he discovers that his wife has moved on. Well, guess what happens when they arrive in Everett's hometown and they find his wife, Penny? She's moved on. She done moved on. He bonafide. 
She's a gay- suitor. Yeah, he's bona fide. He's a suitor. <laughs> Vernon T. Waldrop. You done die. You got hit by a train. And he's the uh, campaign manager for one of the governors. There are two the guy governors. Running for, the guy running for governor, yeah. Yeah. There's the the actual governor himself. It's Pappy. Pappy. And then this guy is Homer. Gee, I wonder where they got that name from. And Homer... Well, we'll f- find out about him later. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna learn a little bit about Homer very quickly. And it ter- it turns out that uh, he told or she told all their their daughters that he got killed by a train. Lots of people because, got hit by a train. Yeah, <laughs> Heck, you can't be daddy. He done got hit by a train. I'm the damn paterfamilias. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And then they, uh... They fight in the Woolworths. <laughs> he just beats the crap out of them. <laughs> and then they get kicked out of Woolworths and they don't know whether it means that specific one or all branches. Or all branches. They also find out that Pete's still alive when they uh, the chain gang invades the cinema so they can watch the movie. And he Do starts... Do not seek the treasure. Yeah. We thought you... Was a toad, <laughs> and then they bust him out. But now he's like, I was only—he he only had like two weeks left on his sentence, so he ruined his life. Because all Everett was in for was practicing law without a license. There was never any armed car robbery. There was no treasure. So he basically <laughs> screwed it up, so he could just go back and be with his wife. Now they're going to tack on another 50 years, and I'll be 84 years old. I'll only I'll be just, 82. I'll just be 82. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be 1987. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when they find the rally. Oh, and plus they're all, like, covered in soot and stuff. and Yeah, so they think they're all black anyway. <laughs> Tommy is there. They're they're gonna lynch Tommy. And poor Tommy. So they, they disguise themselves as the big color guard. As the the color guard are colored. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when we find out that um, Big Dan is a member of the clan, and so is Homer Stokes, who's and, actually and the wizard. Widget. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and because he does stuff for the little man. And that's the littlest man I know. Well, they uh, they escape by snapping the burning cross, which hits Big Dan, <laughs> kills Big Dan, and some of the other it's guys. Like after he catches the flag, because I can't let the flag hit the floor, hit the ground. <laughs> it, you know, they're setting it up to take out his eye, like he's going to catch it with his eye, and then he catches it with his hand, all slick, and then the cross just falls on him. <laughs> so uh, now Everett convinces Pete, Delmar, and Tommy to help him win his wife back. So they disguise themselves as musicians to go to one of Homer's campaign galas. Because she's there. Because she's uh, marrying one of his... Uh... She's getting married the next day. Oh, yeah, the, the next day, that's right. And now he wants to convince her that he is bona fide. But I like how they start... They get up on stage and just start playing, and the whole time he's just like pulling his beard off and chatting with her, and nobody's recognizing this. Because they're singing in the jailhouse now. And then when they bust out, 
the man of constant sorrow, they just like everyone goes nuts. You're the soggy like, bottom boys. It's like the number one song in the area. <laughs> yeah, right now every place is sold. I love how just in one scene they just go real quick. Let's just uh, sell the fact that this album is selling. And it's like, hey, do you have one man of constant sorrow by soggy bottom boys? Got a truck. Got a shipment in yesterday. They were gone. <laughs> and like now back to the story. <laughs> So then uh, as soon as Homer realizes who they are, he uh, starts saying that they disgraced the lynch mob. He's and now Negroes. Yeah. These guys are actually Negroes. And then uh, everybody just boos him and runs him out of town. And they run him out on a rail, old school style. And then Pappy gets on stage and dances with them. And because he uh, <laughs> because he like embraces their music, he get he immediately <laughs> wins over the whole town's vote. And he even gives them a full pardon. And then they sing You Are My Sunshine. And I like while it's playing on the radio, it keeps cutting to like the peop- like random people in their homes just listening in. Radio. It. Although uh, Penny says she'll take Everett back, but he wants to find her original ring if they're to be married. Well, she wants him to, and she counted to yeah. three and said her piece. <laughs> So they have to trek all the way back to the to the cabin. In the I woods. like when they run outside and they see George Babyface got caught and oh, he's yeah, on he's his way to the electric he's chair, but he's raided through town. But he's so happy because he's back on top of the world. <laughs> Delmar's just like looks like George is right back on top again. <laughs> and that's when we uh, finally get to the cabin to get the ring. And uh oh, the devil's over here. And they're like, hey, we got pardoned. And he's like, "Uh, I'm the devil. I don't care. Yeah. He's got the nooses set up. He's got their graves dug and everything. You got to go to the Lonesome Valley. But they they pardoned us on the radio. We We ain't got a radio. I'm the devil. And as soon as Delmar starts uh, praising God, that's when... uh, the valley gets flooded. You can see the water coming through. And he, he's calling it's uh he's saying that it's all <laughs> they're using the coffin as the raft, which is the best part. And they're saying this is God, and Everett's like, No, this is science. I told you they were gonna flood this valley. And then a hydroelectric <laughs> plant. And then there goes the cotton house with the cow on top of it. Yeah. And then they find Tommy. Tommy, what are you what are you riding? Roll top desk. Oh, that's where the ring was. And that's where we uh, we end our story with Everett and Penny walking through town. All their daughters are in tow. They are singing. <laughs> yeah, even though she's like, here's your ring. It's the wrong one. That's my aunt's ring. Well, it's at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> as soon as that happens, the blind guy rolls by and he's singing the same song yep. the girls are singing. <laughs> and then she said, I said my piece and I counted to three. He's like, oh, damn. I also like some of the other motives, like uh, Delmar's in jail because he robbed a Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Piggly Wiggly. I knocked off. <laughs> First he said he was innocent, but then he said he was guilty. I only had two weeks left on my, sen- my sentence. And I'm going to open up a fine restaurant and be the maitre d'. 
get my meals for free. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, as oh brother, where art thou? Um, it's a Coen Brothers film. It's a damn good one. It's uh, it's very funny. Um, I know the uh, the big thing is to compare it to the Odyssey, but if even if you don't really know the Odyssey story, I still feel like you can appreciate this movie just because of how outrageous it is at times. And it's like I said, it's really funny. There's a lot of great one-liners in here. Um, do you have any stats, Dan? I got taste stats. All right, let's do it. Uh, first, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a seventy-seven. But eh. the fans, 89. There you go. Actually, 77 is still pretty good. You're in the top You're in the top percentage. I always like to see that when fans like a movie way more than, than supposed... Like the Goonies? Critics in things. Wasn't the Goonies like, like a 60% versus like 90%? Something. Yeah. We've had a lot of movies like that uh, in, in that we've done on this show. Uh, movie cost about twenty six million to make, and it's made about double its money back. So, nice. Congratulations. Good job, Joel and Ethan. Joel and Ethan. Uh, two Oscar nominations for this film. They were best adapted screenplay and best cinematography. And of course, since I said nominations, that means it didn't win. But George Clooney did win a Golden Globe for best actor in a comedy or musical. Yeah, I saw one of the comments when I said I was watching this movie was that this was George Clooney's best film. Um, not like I, I don't have a lot of Clooney's filmography like in my library. He's not he's one of those actors I'm not exactly like seeking out to watch all the time. But when I do see him in things, I really like it. That said, as far as everything I've ever seen Clooney in, this probably is my favorite thing so far. So. So I, I'm not at all surprised that he got the he got the Golden Globe for it. Plus, the Golden Globe is is mixed up with yeah. just drama separately from comedy and musical. Right. So yeah. Hey, and, and don't forget, George Clooney was also in the South Park movie. Oh yeah. He's the doctor. Who's making a potato? My bad, sir. I missed lunch. He's also the Batman. He was Batman. <laughs> um, George Clooney. You know, he, did a, he did a good. He did a pretty good job in Batman. It was the uh, you know. It was the content the rest- that wasn't good. <laughs> Maybe we'll review that one of these days. I, I would imagine we would hit <laughs> all of them at some point. We, we could do it. We could do like two months of Batman movies. Original run, Dark Knight run. And a, we could throw a cartoon in there. There's a couple of those. Well, there's the Batman TV show movie. Ah, yes, that would be perfect. Where all the bad guys teamed up, and they couldn't get uh, uh, Julie Newmyer, so they had uh, Lee Merriweather play Catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's, here's a couple of trivia stats about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? George Clooney actually has a relative in Kentucky, his native state. So he uh, recorded himself doing the script... That way Clooney could kind of work on his accent. And when he actually got the script, he discovered that his relative removed all the curse words from the script and replaced them with something else. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a typical country thing. Watch your tongue, boy. 
the film soundtrack is one of the real stories here is an unlikely blockbuster that has sold five million copies, spawned its own documentary film, and even did three follow-up albums, two concert tours, and won Country Music Awards for Album of the Year and Single of the Year for Man of Constant Sorrow, five Grammys, and was number one on the Billboard charts the week of March 15th, 2002, 63 weeks after the release of the film. Yeah, we have the, we have the CD somewhere. It's just, it's just so crazy to think about how insanely popular the soundtrack became. I hope the Coen brothers got a piece of that. There's, I think there might be three versions of Man of Constant Sorrow in there. Yeah. All right, so here, here you go, guys. Here's your big list of references to Homer's Odyssey. Uh, the names of George Clooney and Holly Hunter's characters are Ulysses and Penelope. Okay, the one-eyed Big Dan as the Cyclops, blinded with the burning pole. Three girls in the river are the sirens. Uh, Ulysses' wife married someone else when he came home. There's the old man disguise. Uh, the changing of one of his companions into an animal. That was Pete. The Baptists are the lotus eaters. The Ku Klux Klan has a rank of grand or exalted cyclops. <laughs> um, the hand-pumped railway is being operated by the blind prophet, who tells them they will not find the treasure they seek. And the prophet character in the Odyssey... Um, was where Odysseus consulted him when he needed information how to get home again. Uh, the movie theater scene is their trip through the underworld. Odysseus survives by clinging to a piece of wood. In the movie, it's a coffin. Uh, Odysseus and Everett both reveal themselves by performing an act no one else could. Odysseus strings a special bow and fires it through seven rings, while Everett sings Man of Constant Sorrow as only the leader of the Soggy Bottom Boys can. Pappy's given name is Menalis, and that's the same name as the king who declared war on Troy in the first place. And of course, as I said, we already mentioned, Odysseus is, in fact, Ulysses, just the Latin equivalent. So, a couple of, I mean, there's other things in there too, but those are really the big ones. Mm -hmm. uh, so, really cool stuff. Uh, this is definitely a movie I recommend. You guys should check out. Of yep. course, if you're following the gimmick of the podcast, you will have already watched it. Because that's how you can listen to this episode, because you've already seen the film. And you know Duh. what? I'm unprofessional because I watched that in a shirt. Oh, Dan, how could you? How could you? But, uh, yeah, definitely recommend this one. Uh, now, Dan has our pick for next week. Oh, next week we're going to watch Network. Yes, this is a movie I have never, ever seen before, and in fact, really haven't heard of either, so yeah, I'm actually I told intrigued you to watch about this. it, you're like, what? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, network. I'm mad as hell, and I don't take it anymore. Well, I know that line. So, uh, yeah, this will be cool. I've never seen this movie before, so it'll be a first time for me. And you would realize how much it's still the same, and this movie came out over 30 years ago. Yeah, I've heard it. It's it's like social commentary on news at the time, but it's also like still how the news is. It's almost 40 years old. 76. Oh, jeez. I have the 30th anniversary edition nice. uh, on, on DVD. It's about to get even older. It's almost 40 now. Oh, well, that'll do it for this week, then. So we'll see you next week with yep. Network. Network. Bye. See you then.